Hey, Black and Balanced listeners, I think we overdue for a little party. So with that being said, Black and Balanced has teamed up with Chicago's premier event production firm, Events by Pyramid, as well as Honey Jack Jack Daniels to kick off your summer with the Rendezvous Day Party. Saturday, June 29th, we are bringing you our celebrity guest, DJ Envy, from the world's most dangerous talk show, The Breakfast Club. That's right, DJ Envy will be in the building on the ones and twos, doing a live DJ set, rocking the building. So grab your tickets at eventnoir.com backslash DJNVMKE. Again, that's Saturday, June 29th from 2 to 8 at RWB Milwaukee, located at 1044 North Ward 3rd Street. Jack Daniels is going to hold us down with some lit drink specials. Um, Events by Pyramid is going to hold our Chicago listeners down with a party bus to bring you to the festivities. So grab your ticket, eventnoir.com. Beat me there. Do not meet me there. I can't wait to see you. Welcome to the Black and Balanced Podcast. I am your host, Kirsten Simone, and you are tuning in to the Black and LGBTQ Experience episode. So um, in honor of Pride Week, we decided to do an episode dedicated solely to the experience, LGBTQ experience, as a Black millennial. And I have a couple of special guests with me today. I have my media manager and business consultant, business and education consultant. Let me get it right. <laughs> Bree. Thank you for joining us, my good sis, my good sis. Of course. And then I also have a new special guest with us named Alex. Um, he is editor-in-chief of Lay Girl Magazine, as well as community organizer. Thank you so much for joining us. Hello, everybody. Hello. So, um, I'm just going to start out right away. What's your gay story? <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that's a very interesting um, question because... As a transgender man, um, I identify as a straight person, actually. Okay. So, the okay. gay story actually starts before the transition. Okay. Um, my, um, I guess, first girlfriend, my first gay experience was my girlfriend, high school sweetheart. Relationship lasted 14 years. Oh, God. Um, right. How exactly. old are you? You're only 30. Yeah, I'm only 30. Yeah, I'm a high school sweetheart. But um, that first experience, honestly, was just a lot about finding myself and figuring out, you know, what exactly I'm thinking and mm-hmm. why I'm loving what I'm loving and, you know, just figuring out myself through, you know, experiences of love and life, pretty much. So let's dial it back. Yeah. So you were, what, 14, 15 when so, you dated a girlfriend first time? Yeah, so I was 15 years old the first time I came out date my first girlfriend. How did you come out? Hmm, so I guess... Or did you have to come out? <laughs> so, um, no, I didn't really have to come out. Okay. I think um, a lot of the community, um, like when I was in high school, when I identified as a female, a lot of the people, you know, like when you talk about bullies and whatnot, or mm-hmm. a lot of the comments that I would receive is that, um, that you know, I was very masculine. Okay. Or, you know what I'm saying? I projected, you know, very male. You know what I mean? So a lot of the time they would call me a man or, you know what I'm saying, something like that. And at that time, you know, I didn't identify as that. So I'm like, what the hell? You know, that's not me. I'm offended. Yada, yada, yada. And then one day it clicked in my head that, hey, you are a handsome guy. (laughs) Like, y'all might be on to something here. Wait a minute. (laughs) You look good in the mirror like that. And then I realized that, hey, 
if I see myself in a different light, maybe I could learn to love myself a little bit better. Mm. So it was just a story of finding myself and falling in love with the person in the mirror, pretty much. Mm, that's beautiful. So how old were you back when you identified mm -hmm. as a woman? How old were you when you realized that you were not interested in, in men at all? Right. Okay. So it wasn't really, um, it wasn't really a moment of realize that I'm not interested in men. Mm -hmm. It was a moment in realizing that I didn't identify as female, maybe. Okay, okay, um, let's talk about that. How old were you when you felt that feeling for the first time? Oh man, um, specifically like hindsight is 2020. Okay. Fifth grade. Wow. Graduation. Okay. I had to wear a dress. Oh, you was pissed. That ain't me. Like that ain't me. And the funny part is it took me to be 25 and I told my mom I was transitioning for her to go, yeah, I remember you putting you in that dress and it just didn't feel right. No, it didn't fit right. And <laughs> you, did nah, it you had to keep tugging on it. Yeah, because <laughs> it wasn't me. That's why, like, you yeah. put a dude in a dress. Like, right. <laughs> that's why it didn't work. You put a little boy in a dress. It just looked it, like, really feminine. Like, it didn't work. But, like, I realized that, you know, social norms of femininity yeah. and being a woman and a lady, I, just, I didn't, like, I naturally sit how I sit or... When I go to open a door, a guy holds a door open for me, and he's like, "Go ahead, sweetheart. Look at how I look." I'm like, like "Yeah, like, put you in your chest." Yeah, you know what I mean? Like it just it didn't. It wasn't me. So you know, now when I walk in and they're like, "Hey, boss, or what up, King?" Feels better. It feels me. It feel like at home. Good. That's Ooh. when I really, yeah, I realized that. But mm. when I was 25, I realized it took me till 25 to realize that I realized that all back in life and that's what it was i just had to put a name on it mm. i never mm. identified as like that was never me until mm. i realized what being trans was and it's like mm. oh that's me mm. okay no, that's deep that's deep because it's like you hear so many um opinions and 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 the internet is a wild place but mm -hmm. you see so many opinions about people who feel like um, children should be, you know, shouldn't be taught certain things or, um, you know, shouldn't, shouldn't know certain things about sexuality and sex at such a young age. But then it's like, here you were in the fifth grade, mm -hmm. a baby mm -hmm. yeah. feeling this feeling and probably confused as hell. Like, whoa, what, yep. what, why? You know what I'm saying? Certainly. But, but these, it's in, and just the social climate is changing. We're, we're in a time now where more is accepted and more is, is, being identified and uncovered, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. We gotta have these conversations. Like, these like I kind of wonder what life would have been like if I would have known that this life could have existed. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I grew up a ballet dancer. Wow. I'm, I'm classically trained in ballet, point, wow. contemporary, modern, jazz, mm -hmm. all of this stuff. You better pivot, pivot. Okay, so imagine <laughs> being this graceful ballerina mm -hmm. that's not naturally graceful. Okay, okay. You see what I'm saying? So I'm this little right girl on. and they're looking at me like, you move like a little boy. You're very, you know what I mean? You're very masculine or you're very, you know what I'm saying? Your movements are very hard. Whereas they were looking for something a little soft and more feminine. It just naturally I couldn't deliver. Mm. So it's like, I wonder, you know, like, would I still be a dancer? If yeah. I could have identified as a male ballet dancer, you I know what I've been happy. Studio. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know what I'm saying? Would I have been happy or would I have been at home? You know what I'm saying? If I would have known. So it's like when these little kids don't know what they're experiencing. Yeah. Is the lack of knowledge better or is it better for them to know that there's other, you know, that there's something out there for you, that you fit somewhere. 
You know that, what I mean? Yeah. And that, when you don't know, you don't know. And that lack of knowledge is better for their parents. Exactly. exactly. It's better for Hello. the comfort of the parents. And I got nothing to do with the baby. Mm-hmm. And I've had that conversation with quite a few people just, you know, from the education standpoint. Um, I was a gender sexuality studies major, so um, I have a, a large interest in, like, sex ed curriculums and really if you look at like the numbers and what we teach kids across the country it's terrible kids don't know enough they learn too much by default or by experience which is why you have all of these kids with stds and pregnancies and all of these confused kids like because they don't know what's going on somebody has to explain to them here are the options because if you're told constantly or all you see consistently is images of straight couples or perceivably acceptable gay couples Mm -hmm. like you don't understand that it's a thing to be androgynous you don't know that it's a thing to be gender non-conforming you don't know that being trans is is, you know an existence like you don't if you're not taught you don't know right so all these parents who have all these issues with um same-sex characters and cartoons or whatever First of all, kids who are queer themselves should see themselves reflected. Right. And kids who come from queer families should see their family structure reflected on TV, just like a kid who comes from a two-parent home or a single mom home. Right, 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 right. No, I agree with that. And it took me a while. I'm not going to lie. It took me a while to be able to agree with that because when I first seen, I forget who who was coming out with a... Um, I forget one of one of the cartoons, and I was just like, no, they were talking about teaching kids um, about like um, gay sex and stuff like that in 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 school, like in such as sex education. And I was just like, I don't think that that should be a conversation to have with elementary school kids because at the time I felt like you don't want to open up a door to no sex. I don't think it's appropriate for them to be like, you know what I'm saying? Like, no sex. Just don't introduce my baby to no sex. Let me have that conversation Mm -hmm. with my child, and then I'll send, you know, my baby to school, and y'all can have that conversation. But But then that's the obligation of the parents. They're not having those conversations with the kids, and that's why, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? What you exactly what you said? That's why it's happening the way it's happening because people not. And in today's and in today's society, we can't afford to be. Oh, I don't want my baby to learn about that because sis, your baby's gonna learn about it yep. whether you teach it to Some it or way, not. Exactly. You know, it's it's, it's gonna, gonna happen. happen. So you have to have these conversations. If if nothing else, if nothing else, to make sure that they are being respectful mm-hmm. of other right. people in their lifestyles. Because mm-hmm. whether you whether you believe or don't believe, would you whatever you think, whoever you whatever have you, mm-hmm. it's nobody's business and it's nobody's place to disrespect someone for how they identify and who they love. And That's at right. the very least, or we need to teach back. Yeah, and at the very right. least, that that needs to be respected. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So um, so that was kind of an eye opener for me. Um, well, you don't want your kids saying nothing. OC when no, they go to their best friend. Coming home with a black eye, like, why you got two daddies? Like, why you got a black eye? Like, now that they went to their best friend house and found out that their best yeah. friend has two dads or two moms, and right. they said something disrespectful. Right, and and they don't even know it. <laughs> yeah. Um, friend, what was your? Okay, let me ask you this first. How do you identify, or do you identify at all? Um, really, I don't. I rarely ever identify with a specific sexuality. So like um, for, the, for the most part, I actually identify as queer. So just I'm just not straight. What does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? Everything I don't know. but I'm everything but right. <laughs> queer is just kind of an umbrella term that means I'm not straight. Just point blank period. I, that's not how my life works. This is not what I want my shit to look like. Is essentially what queer means. Okay, so like like it's more. I so need an example. I'm a visual learner. Then. It's more so about an act of resistance than an identity per se. Mm-hmm. So like for okay. me, I 
I don't care particularly the package the person comes in. So I don't care if you are a trans man, a trans woman, a cis man, a cis woman. What is a cis man, a cis woman? Um, that means you were born a woman. A cis woman means you were born and identified as a woman. Sorry, y'all, the fans just walked the road past, but we're still listening. Um, a cis woman means that at birth, the doctor said it's a girl and you identify as a girl. Okay. And now? Um, so that, for me, it just means that I'll date anyone, regardless if you're trans, if you're cisgender, male, female. Why is that different from a sapiosexual? Or how is um, that different? So sapiosexual is more so about the intellectual attraction mm-hmm. and becoming aroused because of intellectual attraction. Now, okay. quick question. How is that different than pansexual? Yeah. Or does pansexual fall under that? Let me skip. Let me sit back. Pansexual <laughs> does fall under me queer. Got <laughs> <laughs> pansexual does fall under the uh, under queer. Mm-hmm. Okay. So really, the the whole LGBTQQIAA, the whole Because <laughs> honey, listen, when I was doing my research, all the ABCs. Episode, like, baby, I better not get that letter wrong because I don't want the people coming to me, honey. I just don't want to smoke. Like, yeah. and, and I just need to know. What these people mean? Yeah, so, so basically the whole the whole alphabet falls under being queer. Clearly, it's just a descriptor of everybody in the community. Of like we just not straight. Okay, much. and yeah. for me, I also um, I don't subscribe to monogamy either. Okay, so, so like, let's talk about that. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Let me not jump ahead. First, let's talk about when you realize that you didn't really subscribe to any type of sexuality or preference. I should say. Um, how did you know that and how old were you? So ironically, I was in, I want to say second grade. Wow. I was in second grade and I had a girlfriend. Okay. Um, and like my parents didn't know, my family didn't know, like none of that, but I had a girlfriend in second grade. And what did the second grade relationship consist of, child? Um, y'all <laughs> 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 so I'm trying to think back like was I made up in second grade is a bitch late I thought I was on schedule <laughs> maybe not <laughs> we share juice we share graham crackers oh, that we did our homework together we were always in the same group in class <laughs> <laughs> like, y'all, y'all ah, that's my partner get up right. <laughs> <laughs> my partner <laughs> together right like we hung out together at recess we ate together at lunch so did y'all establish like you're my girlfriend like this is not a best friendship (laughs) you are my bae did did, did that conversation happen at I I don't think it was necessarily a conversation that happened I think it was understanding understanding and kind of a turning point when we realized so second grade I feel like is about the age where kids want to understand body parts yeah and we decided we wanted to understand them together so y'all was something Okay. No. Okay. <laughs> Why is that? Not for that was, <laughs> But just the like, you know, kids will like pull each other's clothes down or up or yeah. you know, whatever it is you have the on for the day. Phase. The, just the exploratory phase. Yeah. We kind of discovered that we were exploratory together. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. I feel like you're giving me some PG information right now. <laughs> there was definitely something in the class. Because you no really we were ironic and, and it sounds bad now that i think back on it we were really sneaky no one got in trouble nobody got caught we were like, that's how it is when you know you ain't doing something you had a business right when you know you know shit you're not supposed yeah. to be not that it's about you know who it was with it's just that you're a small child you shouldn't be doing anything Hello. but when you know you're a small child and you're not supposed to be doing shit you're very sneaky 
yeah. about when and where you do shit. <laughs> so we have a question from the audience. Go ahead, babe. We did. We did go to the coat room. <laughs> so what happened? We never got caught. What happened in said coat room? Really, we were fingering each other. We were in what? second grade. Wow. So how did? Okay, that's a whole other five talk. So because <laughs> how do you even know? Well, I was hunching. I was hunching. So never mind. I know. Um, <laughs> I was hunching, but not like. Inserting, you know, yeah, yeah, there was like, no penetration was going no, on. But yeah. you know what? Though different kids have different levels of experience That's because right. I can remember um, being really, really young. I probably was also in elementary school, mm-hmm. and one of my friends coming to school saying, "Did you did you ever let somebody lick your pee pee?" And I was like, "Excuse me, no." <laughs> <laughs> Because you come from a very Christian-based family, I am I do. right? Ooh, I'm a preacher's kid. Ooh, spill, wow. the, spill the tea, PK. Um, Let me scoot the mic. <laughs> and I come from like a family, of, a church family. I'm not just a preacher's kid. Like my uncle is a pastor. My grandfather ran a church. Like blood. yeah, the whole bloodline. Like Girl, I have several uncles who are pastors, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I have a few uncles who are pastors. So okay. it's, you know, it's real deep in the family. But essentially, I was in high school. There was this girl that um, she and I were really good friends. And when I first was like, I really, you know, okay, so backtracking. After I, you know, the little exploratory phase as a kid, I just sort of fell into, oh, like, oh, I like him. Oh, I, you know, I would think certain, I just thought everyone was attractive. But again, as a kid, I didn't understand. Mm-hmm. So eventually when I got to high school and I'm friends with this girl and I'm like, I really like her. Okay. And then I finally told her, and we were like really close. She did have a girlfriend at the time, so we didn't date. But so she was that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, she was masculine center, so she was more like she, what the people consider a stud. Okay. Okay. Um, so she did have a girlfriend at the time, so we didn't date, but we were really good friends, and um, she passed away. Oh my God, the girl, mm-hmm. the, the high school baby. Yeah. God she damn, what happened to her? In high school, she had an asthma attack. Why is my feelings hurt? Yeah, she deep. was sick. She had an asthma attack. So this oh is the person God. that you realized that you was into mm-hmm. first time. Yep. And they passed. And she away. died she on you. Away. Yeah. God, oh, that's that crazy. crazy. Uh, this is high school, like the first relationship, so you really admit. Yeah. That, the first time I'm really. Did y'all like, even okay. get a chance to like like be together? Yeah, like, no. What like did you even confess oh feelings? My God. Like, I, did, I did finally tell her, but you didn't get it. And we were you know really good friends. We talked oh. frequently. We hung out, but we never got a chance to really flush things out. Wow. Wow. And it was so sudden. Like, like we one day young. you were at school and one day you not. Not even one day you were at school. You were at school. I saw you this day. You like, I don't feel good. I'm going home. And then I don't see you anymore. Oh, my God. Oh. Oh, my God. That's traumatizing. Yeah. So, so she um, okay. passed away and my cousin took me to her um, to her funeral. Um at the time, my cousin didn't even know, though. She just was like, oh, okay, your friend died. I'll take you to the service. Um, and I was, like, tweeting, and I, like, tweeted about it. I guess um, a friend of mine from, like, growing up from uh, our family's church, um, his mom, like, took his phone or something. He was okay. on punishment or something. His mom saw my tweets. That helps snitch. Huh? And she snitched. She called no. my aunt who called my mama. Just be nice. Somebody who knew somebody saw yep. somebody else's phone. She went to church. The, the church. People at church who <laughs> gotta tell somebody. Who gotta tell somebody. Wow. Yeah. That's sad. 
So she called and told my aunt, who that's called tragic. and told my mom. That is tragic. And that's so dumb. I just recently found out that apparently she had been seeing like stuff on my social media. Your I don't mom? know why she, no, the, the woman. Oh, okay. I don't know why she was always on my social media, but she had been seeing stuff and knowing stuff and she kept saying stuff to my aunt. And then that one particular time, my aunt was like, I'm sick of listening to you talk about this. Right. I'm going to talk to her mom about it. Listeners, please just know that snitches do, in fact, still get to stick. <laughs> so, <clears throat> if you are intending on telling on someone, mind your business, okay? Um, golly, so, oh, didn't so you didn't come even out? get a I chance to... Wow, that yeah, is so... that right there is not cool. Outing all. people is not cool. It's it was really traumatic. At yeah, all. Like so what was that conversation like with your family after, after she snitched on you? My mom just kind of confronted me about it just she just straight up asked like so are you gay what is this about like you know okay um and so for a couple of days she just like kind of treated me funny and didn't really talk to me whatever eventually she told my father um my father flipped shit like flipped shit he I so got, this is let me just pause you this is all in the same week that you don't went to your friend's funeral now i got out and now anybody now is talking to me yep Okay, keep going. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, so I got a whooping. He took my phone. He took my iPod. Actually, he was about to break my, smash my iPod with that. <laughs> waste his own money because guess who's still got it. He was going to smash my iPod with the hammer. My mom was like, wait a minute, I paid for that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> She's like, nigga, I paid for that. Yeah. Like, chill. But. Um, he like gave it to him, ended up giving it to my little sister. He's like, This is demonic, or whatever he said about my iPod. The iPod was demonic. The iPod was demonic. That was definitely the turned you out. That's definitely what did it. That was the deciding factor. <laughs> like, you know what? I got this iPod. Like, this old now. Oh my God. <laughs> and um, he almost made me transfer schools because he said, Oh, he Why? made me quit gospel choir. It's not in you. It's he made me quit you. gospel choir. And then he That's wanted to make me transfer schools because he said King had too many gay people. It's everything around. How would he know? He doesn't go to King. Uh, you know, older folks talk and they like to have their yeah. their views of what high schools look like these days. Yeah. King. Or those days. Back like then, King was not the school that was known for that. Like, there was like a little community of us, but there was like a group of us who hung out with one teacher that we also knew was gay. <laughs> <laughs> The squad, squad. Right. There was literally we was we just call each other the fam. Hello. Wow. There was like ten of us. Wow. Hey, wow. Out of twelve hundred kids. And here I was. <laughs> and, uh, y'all was family though. Like right. the, it's like in the community that family right. family is very important mm-hmm. for reasons like this and situations ah, like this. Yeah. So I'm so happy you guys kinda dug into yeah. that because I wanted to ask about that. Um so I went to Lane College mm-hmm. and when I went away at school, that was my first time ever hearing or first of all, all my friends. First semester was gay. Everybody like from <laughs> from from freshman orientation, like all the uh, everybody said that I'm a um I don't want to say the F word, but you know what I'm saying? Like I attract the queen. Yeah. So okay. <laughs> everybody. I can see that. I yeah, can, yeah, everybody was. Everybody Definitely was gay. a queen magnet. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then there was just me. I'm like, I like these <laughs> niggas. Like, hey, these are my gay friends. We them. Right. But they all had family, so like they would introduce me yeah. to people, and they would be like, "This my son. This my daughter." And I'd be like, "This, this, this is my right. mama." Yeah, and Mama I didn't understand it. How did the gay families like develop? Is it is it does it stem from that? Because that's what I have put together from it's it. It's kind of out of necessity. Yeah. Wow. Like honestly, I think it from my personal experience. I'm a housewife. 
Okay. So I was really? father of House of Jamiro. So Oh shit, yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, so Ow. Right, so that's kind of like like in Milwaukee, like in Milwaukee, trafficking is rampant. Mm-hmm. Wow, really? Mm-hmm. So we do have when you talk about um, when you talk about the LGBT community, and you talk about sex work, mm-hmm. and you talk about survival sex, or just mm-hmm. you know, saying all of that kind of stuff. Are trans women? You know, I, I, when I became the house father, I learned that some of our some of our trans women were sleeping behind the library. They don't have nowhere to sleep. They turn tricks so they can have somewhere to sleep at night. They turn the tricks so they can have something to eat. When I figured that out. Or pay for meds. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, to pay for their transition. All the time. That all the time. Mm-hmm. They'll move out of town for that. Wow. Like that is just in as a house father, a protect, you know what I'm saying? When it comes down to being a man and a father and a protector, them is my people. Like yeah. I got to protect my girls. Right. Yeah. They are girls just like everybody else in this world. Like they look at themselves just like another woman look at themselves. Right, and they deserve. The they need protection. to be treated the same way. Yeah. And they get marginalized. They get overlooked a lot of the time. And I, me being a transgender man, I'm a privilege because mm-hmm. I transition so easily. I transition so well. Most people don't know. Right. Mm-hmm. But my sister sitting next to me, mm-hmm. they clock her right away. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's very few of them that they don't because it's expensive for them yeah. to get surgeries and stuff. Mm-hmm. Transgender men don't require a lot of that stuff right away. Mm-hmm. So it's like when I realized that my sister was getting treated like that, like no. Oh, we are a family. I'm going to stand up for you. Because that's what I realized. Black men have to stand up mm-hmm. for not just black women, but like black men have to stand up for everybody in the community, mm-hmm. especially black women, especially black transgender women. So mm-hmm. when I realized that, like, nah, family is, is born out of necessity because mm-hmm. other people, they, they leave us to the wolves. They kick you out yeah. when they find out you're gay or just gay. So imagine being transgender. Right. They kick you out the house <clears throat> wow. right away kick you out the house on your ass. So what comes with the responsibilities of being a house father? Like, what, is that in, what does that entail? So it's a lot of mentorship. Like, honestly, a lot of parenting. Like, a lot of, like, a lot of letting kids know, like, letting, not just, sometimes seconds, it's not just kids. And it'd be 20-year-olds, 25, you know what I'm saying? Like, people who are young adults that still don't understand how to operate, still don't understand what they need to do to their job. So don't understand their resources that it's shelters out here. You don't have to be sleeping behind. Like you don't have to be turning a trick to have somewhere to stay. Fam, it's people, it's places out here you can go to eat and got to turn a trick to get something good. I understand you want to red lobster or whatever you going to think is real good. But if you want it a different way, it is a different way. But if that's what you do, then guess what? Ain't nothing wrong with you. You know what I'm saying? That's what you do. You still to be respected for what you do. Right. You know what I mean? And as a father, that's my thing. Like you are a person, you got value. I don't yeah. care what you do, you got value. And that's all, you know what I'm saying? Just being a father, like being a father to kids, like not just the age of, but just like the level of maturity when you transition. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I went through puberty again at 25 years old. Mm. Puberty. Learn how to be a man. Mm-hmm. Learn how to wear facial hair. That's why the Jelly commercial was such a big deal. Amen. I'm telling a girl that I'm talking to her date, she have a son, 14 year old son. She asked me about my facial hair. She likes my facial hair. I said, yeah. I said, you know, you got a son. She like, you know, do it grow in like that? Like, how do you decide? Like, you have a son, you don't know, you know what I mean? <laughs> right, exactly. Like, but you know when I think things. about it, yeah. exactly, I had to learn that stuff too. Like, I didn't know mm-hmm. it grow in how it grow in, and that's like, you know what I'm saying? So it's just yeah. like, my job is to educate and you know, be a father to these kids, these youth out here, cisgender men, mm-hmm. cisgender boys, transgender boys, anybody who's looking for mentorship. I'm here. Mm-hmm. That's deep. Did you have any of that type of mentorship for yourself? 
or even no. just support. Like, like, like. Um, so yeah, no, nah, I didn't grow up with a father, like okay. um, a traditional father. Okay. Like, um, I've got my two little brothers, so their dad's kind of like a stepfather mm-hmm. for me. But I guess when I say that, like, like, um, I didn't grow up with a father, so I kind of have this sentiment like I'd rather not know a father than to know a bad father. Facts. Mm-hmm. However, I was blessed with a kind of stepfather, I guess. So, you know, it's like I got a father, but it really wasn't the best situation. But now that I'm 30 and we go back to our relationship and we talk now, I see the iron, you know what I'm saying? Iron sharpens iron. So I yeah. see the value in him and I can sharpen myself against him. Yeah. You know what I mean? But he wasn't always the perfect dude. You know, he beat my mom's. So I wow. learned what not to be. I learned the type of father or the man not to be. But I didn't really have nobody there to show me who to be. I just had shit, you know what I'm saying? People there that, that showed me not to be or what I was missing or what I wanted out of a father. Mm. Oh my God. So you had to do so much figuring out by yourself. You had to figure out like, what is this feeling? Why don't I want to be in this body? Okay, great. Got the body that I want. Whoa. How do I, How do I be like this? Yeah. Oh yeah. shit! You have to just because you look like a man don't mean you a man. Think about that as a cisgender mm-hmm. dude too. You know what I'm saying? Think about it. Women talk about all the time. You got a boy or you got a man. Mm-hmm. He's four years old. Is he still a boy or is he a man? Period. You know what I'm saying? It's not. It's not what they got between their legs. It's about what's between their ears. It's about the mentality. It's about how they operate in society. Mm-hmm. Do you take care of your business, bro, mm-hmm. or no? If you don't, then you're still a boy. Mm-hmm. You got a lot of growing up to do. Yeah. Don't matter what's you between your legs. Preach it to the choir. You know what I'm saying? Think when you like that, you know. You got a man or you got a little boy at home? Is he taking care of you or is or is you taking care of him? Right. Mm. And there you go. That's the man I want to be. Mm. Take care of business. That's deep. That's deep. That's deep as fuck. Friend, did you have any like mentorship at all? Once you kind of figured out how you identified or that whether you or not wanted to <laughs> identify, like I'm trying so hard. I feel like well, I'm I, got, I got a quick question. Mm-hmm. What is your gender identity? How you identify as far as senior? Um, as far as gender, mm-hmm. I identify as a cisgender woman. Okay. And pronouns that you prefer? She, her, hers. Cool. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. So then I'm cool with they though too. Mm-hmm. They doesn't bother me. They. Okay. Why would someone say they? Um, they is kind of a gender neutral term. So in the queer community, especially a lot of times when I work with the National LGBTQ Task Force, um, working with the task force, a lot of times we automatically like part of our work is to automatically ask people's pronouns. Okay. Um, especially at like conferences or winter party festival or you know whatever it is, we ask pronouns. If I don't know your pronouns, mm-hmm. they is a safe default so that I don't offend you. Okay, bet, bet. And then if you say they, they'll they'll be like, oh, it's okay to say he or it's okay to say she, or yeah, I identify as they. Okay, so they'll let you know. That's mm-hmm. good. That's good. That's they good. is like a safe middle ground. Good, 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 good. Okay, okay, bet. So, um, so again, did you, do you, once you came out mm-hmm. or were outed, <laughs> which is like disgusting to me, right. um, did you have anybody that you could go to? Cause you're in this family. Everybody is like super Christian. Everybody probably trying to like bless the hell up out of you so you can, you know, go to heaven, mm-hmm. quote unquote, right. I'm doing quotations right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> how did you find like just peace and belonging? So, um... I really, I really didn't for a long time. So like at first, um, after the outing incident happened, um, there was a period of time where my family was just trying to quote unquote pray the gay away. Wow. And um, like literally praying. Literally over pray you? the gay away. Oh, I'm yeah. disappointed. I had to go up for prayer as a kid. Mm-mm. 
so they could pray the game at the church. Yeah, like so, so, so uh, at altar call. Let me digest mm. this. Jesus, they all knew at this point. So now mm-hmm. everybody knows because you know how church folks talk, right? And they were making. And I didn't know if everyone in the service knew, but I felt like they did. Yeah, because you have been outed. Yeah. So they were making you go to the altar for that incident mm-hmm. in particular. Actually, right after it happened, he made me call my uncle, who at the time was my pastor. Um, and then he made me call his best friend, who's also like my uncle, who was also a pastor. Okay. So I had to call them and tell them. Why? Why was it their business? I, I don't know. Because my father felt like it was. Oh, okay. So I had to call them and tell them. My uncle was like, oh, okay, real daddy. <laughs> right. <laughs> he couldn't care less. But... Um, so after that, there was just that long period of me trying to like pray the gay away, me trying to rethink like, am I really queer? Like, you know, what is, what is this? What is this expression? Am I wrong for this? Is my existence wrong? Trying to understand why I did it, couldn't just be quote unquote normal. Like, you know, that whole process. It wasn't until I got to college and started to explore um, spirituality as a more inclusive concept yeah. and um being more in touch with like traditional spirit work and meeting yeah. more queer folks who are doing work and you know all of those things that I really I kind of have my own coming out okay okay that's much better I was just gonna ask about that like um because you came from such a church family did you ever feel like I'm going straight to hell with gasoline draws on yep you did mm-hmm. I am so sorry yeah my mm-hmm. dad used to ask me are you he would literally say, "Are you, you still having, you know, those those thoughts?" Because he couldn't say it. He couldn't say it. Well, I'd be like, "Yep, I'm still eating pussy." <laughs> <laughs> wow, he couldn't even say it. Couldn't even say it. I know at one point in time, um, we used to minister at church, and the pastor sat us down because he saw what the lesbian, the spirit of lesbianism. Yep, like that's a thing what? in black church. Like at ten or eleven or twelve years old. Yeah. Not even realizing that. See, at that point. I, I I didn't know that I liked the women. I thought I liked the way they looked and I wanted to look like them or something like that. I didn't know that I was attracted to them. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it, and that's what I realized a lot about just my sexuality and mm-hmm. gender and a lot of things. Okay. A lot of my for, a lot of my thoughts were conformed by society mm-hmm. as in, hey, let's say you're a stud and you're not supposed to like men. What if you do? Right. Well, society don't make you feel comfortable enough to admit that part, so shut up about it. Mm. Or let's say, you know, I'm, I didn't know I was a lesbian. I just thought I was a damn tomboy. But they keep telling me I'm a lesbian. So, oh, well, maybe there's something here that I need to learn about. Mm. But there's nothing wrong with that because that to me goes back to that education thing with kids. If you don't identify with it, you don't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you ain't gay, you're not gay. (laughs) Like there's nothing somebody can teach you that can convince you. That what you're looking at is what you're attracted to. It Cause is, it's a feeling. No, it's exactly. not right. It's you can't help who you love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. This is what it is. Mm. How did your family react to your transition? <laughs> My mom said so. Well, to the transition, um, hmm. My family was very resistant at first. Okay. Um, as in, you'll always be who you are, this person or whatever. You know what I mean? You're, uh, and that's the crazy thing, cause I'll always be me, which is Alex. Which is who I am now. Mm-hmm. The person you thought you knew wasn't me. Mm-hmm. I mean now. So you telling me that I always that be this me person. Conforming to what society told me. I had exactly. Right. Like I had to. The things that I would do to be feminine 
Like that didn't come natural. Like I don't sit naturally like that. Like I don't like nah. These is all like these contrived choreographed movements that I gotta mm-hmm. do based on what society told me to do. Yeah. I gotta let the dude open the door because that's what women do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I gotta cross my legs because that's what women do when they wear dresses. Right. But, well, damn, shady. No, I'm just well, <laughs> it fits you well. You know what I mean? You don't look uncomfortable. Okay. Uncomfortable and choreographed and everything else. So yeah. it's like. With my family, you know, since seeing the transition, I think they were, I think they were naturally resistant because humans are resistant to change or things they don't understand. Of course. But once they got to know Alex, me, they realized that this is a person that they always knew. They assimilate, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember the first time my mom identified with me being her son. She would always call me her daughter. And I'd be like, Mom, you got to stop doing that because when I go to your job and they see me. I'm confused, which is not okay because then at that point you end up outing. Right. right. And that's not okay. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Not, and is that okay? Because now, Mom, you might have to answer questions that you might be uncomfortable with. Right. Or you don't know how to answer. Mm-hmm. I know how to fill these questions, but the last thing I want to do is create, create problems or questions for my family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like, they were okay with it, but I think it's the 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 fear of the unknown. Mm. They didn't know what to expect. Mm. Not really. to mention there's still, you know, a lot of safety concerns yeah. as a trans person. Yes. Now you're outing me. You don't know who is around or who that they communicate with that's around. You're, right. You don't know none of that. Right. I right. mean, not only that, the sad part is is it's not just physical, um, you know, it's not just physical encounters that can happen. Like I can be kicked out of my house for being transgender. There is no law. Like, you, right. you can't be kicked out for being a Muslim, Christian, um, a woman, you know what I'm saying, black. But for your gender identity, yeah. for being a transgender man, they can kick me out of my house. They can say, you're no longer allowed to work here. I can get mm-hmm. fired. What? Yeah, you can yeah, get fired for being trans. But not for being Christian or under those all other protected things. No, you know, but gender identity. So it's like my very identity, you know what I'm saying? So like when you think about that, and I think about this all the time, because um, I transitioned five years ago at a time, um, Ferguson, Trayvon Martin, oh. all these black men were getting killed. And oh, here I go. Wanting to be a black I, man. <laughs> thank you. Ooh. Who would choose that at that point in time in life? Who would choose that? Ooh. Right. This is who I am. This is and what even I am. Even trying to get my dad to understand, like all the shit that I went I through, coming, being outed. Mm-hmm. Who would choose to live like Amen. that? Like, yeah, <laughs> like I'm not doing this shit for fun, bro. This is not sweet for me right now. Like this is hard. Right. Like I'm having. I like I gotta sit around and tell people. Like I remember the first time I went into a women's bathroom and I passed, meaning. I was a man walking into a woman's bathroom, and y'all them women, <laughs> and they got and they ran out the bathroom, and I was just like, shit, like not but, cool. But like maybe I, I should start using the other bathroom. But then two months later, you get these stories on TV with these bathroom bills. What? Y'all yeah. don't want me in the bathroom with y'all daughter. I look like a man. Your daughter won't want to use the bathroom with me in there. I'm gonna feel comfortable. Yeah. Because let me tell you, y'all bathroom is ten times nicer than the men's. Right? <laughs> okay. But like, it's not. It's it's like what people are. They scared of the unknown. It's just like you know. So here I am navigating this whole new world right. where society and like you know what I'm saying. Legally, they're trying to put me in this box over here when I know damn well I'm gonna walk into the bathroom and all y'all women gonna be like offended and just. So like, uncom- why even? I mean, just. I, I never understood the whole concept behind like Literally, the bathroom having shit. to go pee. Just go pee wherever a- you gotta now, go. Now, mind you, this is a place where you walk into somewhere 
And in this actual room, it's not like open toilets where you just cop a squat and I can look at you. Right. It's actually partition stall. Like, come on. Like, really. It's, yeah, it's not that All big. somebody want to do is use the bathroom. Like, I just got to pee, man. Not that deep. It's not, not that, that deep. deep. Exactly. And I feel like if, 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 should one be concerned about what their child is going to see in the bathroom, that should not your be kid. your child's first time hearing about what's going to happen in the damn bathroom. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. you, this is where the responsibility of parenting comes in because you can't tell your kid, you can't say, I want my baby in the bathroom with a trans man or a trans woman. I don't need my child, you know, knowing about what that is. Well, then mm-hmm. tell your child about, you know, have this conversation Look, so they know how to react. This is the conversation I was at with my kid. Dude, your private parts is private. Period. the hell who looking at it. I don't care if it's your daddy or your mama. Dude, your private parts are private. You're 10 years old. You know, you know. Okay? You go in the bathroom. I don't care if it's another man looking at it. Like, it don't matter, dude. The bathroom area is like, just all of that private stuff is private. And I think that's what a lot of people, I think that's a common misconception with transgender people. Because of my trans experience, I think, just human nature, you get inquisitive. You want to know things. Yeah. And I think because I'm transgender, it kind of um, makes people want to ask questions that they normally wouldn't ask. Right. You know what I'm saying? Cisgender or straight people. I definitely have questions that I normally wouldn't ask. Exactly. So please stop me if I ask you some shit sure. that I should not be asking. Of course. Like, and that's like what I say is like, you know, if it's a question I don't want to answer, I'll be like, you know, you can Google that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Google will show you pictures nice if you type day. in the right keywords. I'm that's a saying. nice you know, I'm just saying. People be but, asking to, to, for pictures. Oh, I mean, you know, that's, people that's are, or like people that ask you, you know, what surgeries you had or if you plan to have a certain surgery. Okay. And you know, um, specifically when we're talking about it's invasive and classic. Exactly. So not only that, if I'm a man asking you a woman about, yeah, you plan on having vaginal rejuvenation after the first baby or anything like that. Right. <laughs> like what, nigga? Uh, what? Why is you asking me about that? We ain't even doing that, fam. Like, but as a transgender person, a lot of people, you know, they got questions, so yeah. they mm-hmm. they are very inquisitive mm-hmm. about things like that. And it's just like I think you got to remember, like we people too. Yeah. 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 Like we are people too. Right, and I have a lot of friends who are uh, who are trans. One of my uh, close friends from undergrad that I actually ironically met at a queer people of color conference at UW Madison um, is trans. And when we first became friends, um, they were right before they were like pre transition. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Okay. I have a question, but I want (laughs) to because I want to know when you say pre transition, do you mean pre reconstructive surgery? I mean, pre, like, hadn't even started taking hormones yet. Okay. So this is, to me, the way I identify that is the stage where you're trying to figure things out. Mm -hmm. What am I, or what am I looking at, or what do I feel on the inside, and how do I make the inside match Mm -hmm. the outside? Okay. Right. They were at the point of, I know I identify as they. I know I don't identify with she. Mm -hmm. I know that don't feel right. You know, they were just kind of at that middle stage, so us being friends, we have those conversations of, I feel like maybe I should buy a binder, or mm-hmm. um, maybe I should start looking into surgery. What does that look like? Can I afford that? Does insurance pay for that? Like, you know, it's one thing if we're friends and you're like trying to, we're working through this together, we're figuring out together. It's something wholly different to walk up to somebody and be like, oh, did you have surgery? Like, mm-hmm. 
What did you get? Did you like, have surgery? What? Right. right. Like, did you get a breast augmentation? Like, what you right. do? You, like, what you I'll do? Tell, I'll show you mine. You show me yours. Right. Like, right. That's not respectful. <laughs> That's not okay. Yeah. We're not friends. I'm not discussing this with you as a, I need some guidance. I need some assistance. Let me bounce this off of you. I'm confused. None of that. You just decided, I want to know what's in your pants. Wow. Wow. Not to mention it's classist. That classist is hell. <laughs> Amen. Who the hell can afford this surgery? Girl, for real. Just listen. Man. So I, I'm a super inclusive person and I live by YouTube and Google. Like live by it. It's sick. YouTube actually. University. YouTube University. <laughs> so I was just like very, very curious. And this is a while back. This probably was like seven years back, six years back. And um, me and my mom watched an entire surgery. Uh, transition from um, a woman to a man. We watched the whole thing, and so then we right, watched top another, surgery or bottom surgery. The bottom surgery, okay. and then we watched one from a man to a woman. Okay, phalloplasty, vaginoplasty. Yep. Okay, that's what it's called. That's what okay, good. Because mm-hmm. listen, honey, my my um, <laughs> doctoral degree is not on the wall yet, so, <laughs> <laughs> so I do not be knowing these words. <laughs> but but why, we watched it, and the first of all, it took long as hell, <laughs> and it was just like so much going on like uh, and I'm just thinking to myself like this and that's when it clicks like this is why this is why people be couch surfing and this is why people be mm-hmm. you know homeless and this is why people be like you know like you said turning tricks because this $20,000 dick Woo. just to make you feel complete and, the, oh. they, what's the, uh, and what's that's just the phalloplasty like there's stages to that surgery. Mm-hmm. they take pieces yep. of your skin that leave you looking deformed and they can't get skin yeah. from somebody dead. They're not using it. You want somebody else skin on your dick? <laughs> not really. I mean, <laughs> now you see what I'm getting at, right? I mean, this is your dick. Like, I'm like, exactly. Like, like Laverne Cox talks about it a lot in yeah. Orange is the New Black. I'm like, this is the $40,000 pussy. You don't like, see it. Like this is custom designed vagina, huh? Hello. Can you okay? So I don't want to ask that question. Can you decide how big you want it to be? Do you get to say that? Like make it look bigger. Well, (laughs) so when you think about so when you put this into perspective, a phalloplasty is no different than a surgery. Please break down phalloplasty because I am like wow. So phalloplasty, phallo as in phallus. Okay. Okay. Plasty as in constructed. Okay. 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 So this is going to be no different than, let's say, God forbid, a soldier that was in a Humvee mm-hmm. that rolled over an ID and got his parts blown. Oh, that's a phalloplasty. Mm-hmm. They're gonna take They're gonna take skin from another part of his body. Okay. And construct a penis, you know, to make him look quote unquote normal. Okay. Now this is all obviously within. You know what I'm saying? What's available for the donor site. So there's a lot of things into it, you know, as far as like the size. Okay. The size is all to the donor site. Um, and honestly, when you think about it, it don't matter how big it is. What if you don't have any feeling? You Whoa. have to get the nerves reconnected. So that's the thing. Oh, yeah. God yeah. damn, that's disappointing. Isn't so, there a so, pump as well? Like some sort mm-hmm. of the so, stage where there's a pumper? So exactly. Uh-huh. So there's different stages of the bottom surgery. Okay. So the the... The most extensive stage with the most surgery is a phalloplasty, a full-on penis constructed with, that's not saying you get testicles and an actual penis. Um, it does not naturally, as in unassisted, become erect. There is a mechanism. So there's an inflator in the balls where you squeeze the balls a couple of times and that joint get hard. Okay. 
So yeah, you got like a robotic dick. Like you yeah. know, you gotta be cool with that. I mean, but I just feel like, like that could cool be a plus. I'm mean, <laughs> just saying, like because it's like I'm ready. You ready? Oh, you're ready. But but then you also got to realize that that's a very expensive surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to have a donor site to get the skin. Mm-hmm. So you have to have enough skin on you your own body. You have to be willing to go through three or four stages. It's not just happening in one surgery. This is over a year or two. God damn. And you know what I mean? This is your manhood. So when you think about a man, like like they say in the military, when something happens to the man and you wake up, you be like, dude, is my shit there? That's That'd be the care. first thought. That's all you care about is because you want to talk about fragile masculinity. Right. <laughs> and balance and be. Hello. <laughs> so as a man, even I understand that. Right. And as a man, now I really understand that. Like, yeah. I really understand that. So it's like. It was yeah. a comedian who talked about that. What's like, I'm sick. Does my dick work? Okay. You know what I'm, saying? I'm, like, I'm paralyzed, but does the thing work? Like, right. Can we get it done? Or paralyzed no? where? <laughs> hey, I'm just saying. Bitch where? <laughs> So it's like when you think about that and you think about what you need to feel complete as a man and just everything around that like but then you also got to realize that like it doesn't look like the normal aesthetic penis like you know it does look reconstructed so when you think about your sex partners it's just you know since a lot that go into it mentally like think about that you got a twenty thousand dollar dick or what if you feel like when they look at it it look frankly you know it's just it's yeah. a lot to go with it and then even at that point like what's the point of getting it then yeah you go through all of that or imposter not be happy right exactly. not to feel connected. or body dysmorphia or you know like, all those you got a thing coming. and you look at it and be like that's mm-hmm. not mine though or it's just it's not right something about this is not right mm-hmm. god that's crazy right that's heavy. exactly like, that's, that's very heavy that's your you know that's that's the connection that like that's that's a very big part of your manhood, unfortunately. But it really is. It really and it's not to do nothing with being sexual or nothing like that. It's just a very big part of your self identity. I don't feel the need to get a bottom surgery to feel like a man. Okay. To me, that's like saying dude with a twelve inch dick is more than a man is more of a man than dude with a six inch dick. No. Right. Because you would tell me they both men because they got dicks, right? Okay. Right. <laughs> so no, bye. <laughs> Kick rocks. That don't make you a man. Right. Right. If it did, he would be more than a man of you. You know what I'm saying? So I don't feel the need, but some people do. Yeah. I don't. Um, what I did struggle with is feeling the need to have a surgery because my partner desired it. Mm. So I felt like she wouldn't look at me as a man unless I had a, then I would get a. Mm. But I learned from that. There ain't nothing that because at that, like you said, dysmorphia just. If I'm not, if this is my body. If you don't at the end of that, the day, there's nothing right. Sure, yeah, nobody yeah. else's sure. opinion matters. You don't wake up in this body. <laughs> I do. And Hello. it's like, either you either you love me or not. Like, right. Like, do you love me or what? You gonna love me more imagine how many trans folks, especially if for a, a lot for trans women, and they talk about it in pose, um, when she wanted to have um, the vaginoplasty, um, she wanted to, in her words, become a full woman. Mm-hmm. But her partner was like, no, I don't want you to do it. So she went from this whole penthouse apartment, beautiful lifestyle to living on the street and working, dancing in a window. Yep. Just like Because that. Her, her sugar daddy or the person that quote unquote kept her felt like, I don't want you to do this. And if you do this, I will punish you. And I don't want to be with you anymore. Wow. Yeah. And you know, that, you know what? Say, rob these niggas. Like, rob, you know, you start robbing these niggas. Like, for real, though. Like, for real. Like, for real. got too many expectations. Like, for real, though. Like, for real, for real, for real. Imagine, like, like, she said what she needed to feel complete. 
And as a transgender person, you know, a lot of the times, like when I talk about relationships, I was with my first relationship, you know, my girlfriend for 14 years. I transitioned 10 years or 10 years into that. So we were together 10 years as, you know, female, female, and then I transitioned. Okay. And then that's when I realized that, okay, I transitioned. Everybody else around me started to transition. So now it's starting to come out. You know, how you identified as lesbian, but maybe you did were attracted to men, but you didn't think it was okay to say it. But now that I'm a man, you can really come out with, oh, and now it turns out that you really, really, really like dudes. Like, right. Okay. Like, interesting. Mm. Or on the other end, you realize it's a fetish. Hello. It's more fetishization. And that's where her that's what I was issue, that's where she was. That's, yeah. And, and that, that her partner hurt. was more fetishizing her. Wow. Because she still had a piece. So, 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 unwrap that for me. For someone to fetishize you as a trans person, Mm -hmm. but not want you to completely transition, Mm -hmm. I don't get it. What? what So that's like, um, like let's say if a guy identified as gay. Okay. Okay. And the normal course of sexual intercourse would be anal sex. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's say this guy has a another let's say this same cis male who identifies as gay is having sex with a transgender male who presents as male so that would be a male presentation connecting with another male presentation which i would consider a gay situation Mm -hmm. no matter what the genitals are i'm presenting as male which means when we interact you're gonna call me dude right we're gonna be uh, together as guys (laughs) you know what i mean like there's no woman in this no matter what the Mm -hmm. Intercourse situation is. Looks like, right, 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 right. Now, okay. what if it's not okay with that? You know what I'm saying? The cisgender male that I have a penis too. Like, what if they like me as a transgender male because I am pre op and because I have a original plumbing, a vagina still? Because he likes having sex with a man with a whatever. That's fetishizing. Because if I was to do whatever to change the condition. Now you don't want me. Now you don't want me. I'm still the same person though. Yes. But now you don't want and me. You claim you fell in love with me for me. You love me for me. All this other stuff. But right. you decided you don't want me no more because I don't fit this fetish box that exactly. you were checking before. Right. That's like if you're a BBW. If you're a big girl. And then you and lose like some weight. And you lose some weight. Hey. Huh. Or you now were you small and now exactly. you had kids. Like or now you had whatever. a thyroid <laughs> issue. Was, or, and you know, is, whatever. And I don't like you. And I don't like you no more. Like, what's that? I get it. <laughs> like, you know, that's, no, that ain't cool. Love is supposed to be unconditional. Like, sort of equivalent to the how a lot of men talk about light-skinned women how that's like a fetish and uh, you know yes. on now a pedestal kind of thing yeah there you okay. go there you okay. go exactly wow to say it like that but exactly yeah. no but that's the thing <laughs> right and now you see where I'm like, <laughs> like i even yeah, kind of identify with that like um as a transgender man a lot of transgender men have so as a transgender man Obviously, I identified as a lesbian. Well, not obviously, because some transgender men didn't. But I identified as a lesbian at one point. So the people that I interact with from then, I still interact with today. Okay. So when I interact with people that I used to be attracted to, who used to be attracted to the me before I transitioned, still are attracted to the me, but they're attracted to the female in me that I used to be. Okay. So it's like... But how? Because it's not... Like, you're not a female, so... Exactly. I don't understand. I'm I'm acting, I'm presenting the same way I used to, but now you just got to call me he. Mm-hmm. And now I got a mustache, or now right. my voice is a lot deeper than it used to be, or whatever. But it's like now it's just a whole thing for you now. Mm-hmm. But like before, it, you know, I'm still the same person. So it's like I go into these situations with these lesbians, having to navigate the waters of mm-hmm. being attracted to a woman who like 
my original plumbing, right. but still need to accept me for the transition person that I am. Right. And that's Which is part of why I, I identify as queer because people who, oftentimes people who identify as bisexual, mm-hmm. First of all, there's a binary. whole set of like binaries and yeah. social, you know, constructs of, around yeah. being bisexual and what that means already. But aside from that, a lot of times people who identify as bisexual don't date folks who are trans. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so they, it's like they date the left and but the right. But why? That's, not the middle. that's stupid because if you like, if, in my mind, if you like both men and women, then it shouldn't then matter, it shouldn't matter if you started as man or woman or where you finished. Because you, like both, both you like them both anyway. But you know. People yeah. are exactly, but people are people, mm-hmm. and and the queer community is just as segmented as the rest the that's, rest of America. That's the sad part. That is, that maybe I, I'm starting to think maybe even worse because when I'm really about, maybe even worse like, because it's a matter of trying to get what you can get without trying to without treating being treated as badly as you know as you see your sisters being treated yeah. and you know you yeah. think you would think that they know better because they've been there before. Yeah, you, know, you think you would know better, but. In the situation of us being in the inner, inner, inner circle, mm-hmm. it's like you treat me, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I hate to say it like that, but it's like, like, you know how they say the black man is like the bottom of the barrel? Mm-hmm. So imagine being a black man in a gay community, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like the bottom of the bottom of the bottom. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really a black case. trans woman is because <laughs> at the end of the day, they go and they look right. at you, and that's the disrespectful part. And I hate to say this about my sisters, but I'm only saying this so they can identify with what it is because they look at trans women as black men. Mm-hmm. And it's sad and it's disrespectful. Yep. But that's just what, so that just going to show you where they look at black men in a society. Mm-hmm. So if you, a black man calling yourself a woman, you really at the bottom. Yeah. You don't get nothing. Mm-hmm. No help. Yeah. No help. And that's sad. That's sick to me as a black trans man. Right. Like my sister's like, damn, like, mm-hmm. and it hurt because I get treated better than they do. Right. I was just going to touch on that because as a trans man, I get man, treated better go, than they do. And in a lot of cases, you went from being a lesbian. So, if you're a black trans man, right, you go from being a black woman who is a lesbian. So now you have three marginalized identities yep. to being a man. So you really so you're not cut down you to it. Gained, though. yeah, like you just gained a status. And really, oh yeah. my god, yeah, that is the weirdest thing in world. In like, you don't move through the world the same way. So like now I'm not gay anymore. Now I'm straight. Like, <laughs> like I've experienced male privilege. Male privilege, straight privilege. Like wow. now all those things. Like oh my god, it's straight privilege because they perceive me as I'm still. Mm-hmm. Like when you see me, you don't know. Yeah. Well, nine out of ten, if you see me, you might think I'm a gay man before you think I'm transgender. But I like I didn't think that it, it, it kills the 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 male privilege is sick. It's sick. Like it's sick. It's sick. Mm-hmm. The things that men say around another man that they want to say around a woman is, is gross. Like sometimes like and be like, right, bro? Like, no, man. <laughs> You're the only person to think that. <laughs> okay, and that's how I feel in the room. And then I'm like, like bro. How do you correct that? Like, how, when you hear those things, as someone who used to identify as a woman, and obviously, I mean, and you can still take offense to those things that mm-hmm. they say because it's disrespect Cause across right the board. Wrong wrong. Yeah. How, how do you maneuver in those conversations, especially with men that do not know your traits? Um, I the, well, the first thing I do is I'm an advocate, and I like to be the example. Period. I, I like, you know, what I'm saying I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm very comfortable in my masculinity. I'm very comfortable in my sexuality. You know what I mean? I don't mind saying another man is handsome, all that stuff. Like, okay, the trans woman is she's pretty, she's beautiful. That don't mean I'm sexually attracted to her. You know what I'm saying? I try to set the stage for what a man can be. Like, and I think that's the the thing. Black cisgender men need to know that they are gatekeepers. Mm-hmm. Then when we affirm anybody else, 
Mm. Like, that's what matters. Like, you got to mm-hmm. tell these black trans women that y'all are women, that y'all mean something to society, that you're not just something to be thrown away. You got to tell these black gay men that, dude, you're going to be somebody. Like, y'all can't have a fan. Like, whatever they, whatever a person needs, like, the black gay, black cisgender men need to understand their role in society mm-hmm. and that they are very powerful and that things that they say can make or break the people around them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? These is your sisters, your aunties, your uncles. I don't give a care if it was your uncle before and now she like to be called whatever. Like, that's still your people. At the end of the day, these is your people. Yeah. yeah. This is your people. Yeah. And I take care of them. If you've seen the movie Moonlight, that's why Moonlight was such a big deal because here you have a uh who someone who appears to be I, I don't know because they never explored it but someone who's appears who appears to be a straight black man who has a gay young black boy as his mentee and he is embracing this young man showing him you know what it means to be a man regardless of how you identify sexually regardless of who you like who you love whatever he tells him all the time that it's okay to be you you don't have to let nobody call you out of your name you don't got to let nobody mistreat you you don't have to whatever affirming those things and and like Alex said, black men really are gatekeepers of what's acceptable and what's allowed. They are. And they are. a lot of black men don't realize that, but they are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we have so much to learn and we have mm-hmm. so far to go. Even as far as we have come into society, um, <clears throat> it's just still like we are still leaps and bounds behind. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, just as far as being able to love each other and accept each other, and, and especially for black people. And it always kills me. Um, I have always been around gay people. Always, always. My mama had a gay best friend. Which she's <laughs> that's still her best friend. And when I was a little bitty girl, I can remember he would be at our house and we would be in our t-shirt and our panties. And he was in his t-shirt and his panties. And we was all sitting, <laughs> cuddled up on the couch, spooning. And I used to call him T.T. Dorian. Hello. And my, yes, that was my T.T. Dorian. And like, yes. No, that was T.T. Dorian. But his but his boyfriend was Uncle Trent. Like, you know, that and that's just how I was not confused. It's always been a part of my life. And I've never really understood how someone else could not not I never understood how somebody else could not respect it like that's just what right. I are like yeah. well, why is it big deal to you like right. why do you give a shit you, you know what I mean like not your partner it's, it's not your partner and then it just to so see life. um the way that certain black men like you said they are gatekeepers because mm-hmm. the way certain black men act around gay men mm-hmm. especially flamboyant masculinity so fragile so fragile no let me tell you something them niggas Mm-hmm. They be scared they gonna like they gonna get, or that they gonna get out it. That they, yeah. Mm-hmm. Them niggas <laughs> be scared because I ask That's a all my friends. problems to me. Amen. I be asking my queens, mm-hmm. I point them out, point them out the down low ones because I don't play like that. Mm-hmm. And I don't play like that because not only I'm from a woman's standpoint, like, you know, not even just safety sexually, mm-hmm. but just respect yourself enough to mm-hmm. be a honey. If you gonna be if you like this then you like this. Love and if you like both, enough. then you need to tell me what's up so I can decide. Ain't or just so you can at least it, be like, true to yourself. Yeah, like, if nothing man. else, be true to who you are. If you can't love yourself you that want. much, then how are you going to love me? How you, you going to love right. anybody else's situation? You, you ain't even now yourself, bro. Because now you have put the jobs on me as a woman to fill a void that I can never fill because I'm not what you really want. And don't give me that. I don't want to. I don't want that. Don't put that burden on me. Or it's like, if you can't even take the time to think about it that much and process them feelings, then... 
Like, like you take don't the need time to be in a relationship at all. Because <laughs> maybe if you took the time to really realize the process of feelings, you might realize that it's a super fi- or the level that those feelings are on. Because being homosexual and just gender identity is a spectrum. It's a spectrum. Yeah. Just because you find somebody attractive, don't mean you want to have sex with them. Right. Doesn't mean you want to be in love with them. And that don't mean you want to make a family with them. Right. Like it's a spectrum. Yeah, All of it is a spectrum. And if you can't be real with yourself on level one of being an aspect, like, come on, man. And you can't be so, real with nothing. Even touching on those things. So there's something that we use in uh, like sex ed that we call the the gender unicorn. Okay. Um, what is that? And mean? the gender <laughs> the, the gender unicorn is basically a resource. I actually send it to you so you can post it yeah. when you post the um, Yes, please. The blog. Um the gender unicorn basically is like a little unicorn person and um it is a guide of identity like one's identity okay so um how you identify mentally what your physical body parts look like um who you're attracted to like in your heart and who you choose to have sex with because all of those Shit, are different lie. and how you identify as a whole person mm-hmm. i identify as a whole person and here's how i present myself as a person so I could in my like I could identify as a cisgender woman, mm-hmm. but I present as someone who is gender non-conforming, yep. and I'm attracted to men. But I also have sex with women. So like, there's a whole <laughs> pu- like all of these things are completely different, mm. and they don't match the way society has been taught that they match. Yep. Mm. Mm. And just because you identify one day gender identity or one way gender identity mm-hmm. doesn't mean that. Your gender identity and your sexuality or sexual orientation are totally different. Are completely mm-hmm. separate. Just mm-hmm. because I'm transgender doesn't together. mean I... So um, what I think about is Caitlyn Jenner. Caitlyn Jenner likes women, obviously. Or else, you know, Bruce would have never been married. Right. So Caitlyn is going to be attracted to women. Right. Now, if society tells Caitlyn you're a woman and you're supposed to be attracted to men, so Caitlyn goes, well, maybe I should like men and tries it, that's something else. Right. But in your heart... You know you're still a trap. Right. Yeah, like your your so gender. Caitlyn Jenner. I don't know if she identifies as bi. Exactly. Or, you know, right. However she identifies, but she's trans and also either bi or queer. Exactly. Or, you know whatever. So Two it's not things. what you expect it to be. So mm-hmm. people and, and people try so hard to categorize. They're like, oh, you're transgender man, and you automatically like woman. You only want to want your girlfriend. Like, no, I could be a transgender man and just want to be like a transgender gay man. So yeah, I know a lot of transgender men who are gay men. And that's an interesting dichotomy because you've got, and then you get people who go, so you mean tell me you was a girl who turned into a boy just so you could like boys? No, I was, a, I, I always liked boys. Exactly. So and I you, was always a man. when you think about it, though, if I identified as a woman and I'm in a relationship with a guy, <laughs> that's not two guys liking each other. Like, trust me, that is a very different situation. Yeah. That's not two guys. Like, if you have a feminine guy with a masculine guy, that's two different situations. The 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 relationship is totally it's like um what do they call it gender roles mm-hmm. yeah 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 you know what I mean the gender roles are totally different um right. I realized that at a point in time I'm attracted I'm homosexual so I realized that at one point in time I'm attracted to the people that I present as so when I presented as a girl I was attracted to feminine women mm-hmm. and when I presented as a man I was attracted to men hmm. I was attracted to what I presented as. Um, but a lot of society, um, they can't really accept that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I'm forced to put myself in this box that they yeah. choose, which I would be straight because I wouldn't make a life with a guy. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't have a, you know, at the end of the day, the end of the relationship wouldn't be with a man. Mm-hmm. No. You know what I mean? But I could say a guy is, you know, cute or something like that, but 
the sexual attraction out there or, you know what I'm saying, on that level. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, truthfully, yeah, there are a lot of transgender people. Like, I know a trans woman who is a lesbian. Very interesting. Still trying to wrap yeah, my head around like, it. So that's giving up all the right. privilege. I'm still trying to wrap <laughs> like, my head. Like, really, Pooh, yeah, that's And, and for people to say that okay. this is, you know, something you chose, I gave up every privilege I had. Hmm. Like, in, in that like person's this. case, like, they would have given up male privilege, straight privilege, like, you know, all of those things to be marginal, to have marginalized identity. To be like the lowest of the lowest of the lowest. Right. Right. Especially like, who would choose that? If, who if would you choose know that, that the table is set like that, who would choose? Like, like no lie, like, that's like, so like it's different identifying as a black woman and mm-hmm. a black man. Yeah. Like, I ride in a, dude, I was riding a car with my mama. They pulled us over because, I swear to God, they followed me first because I was a fucking black man driving in Brookfield. Then he pulled us over because the car that I was driving, the person who owned it had a warrant. Mm. They knew I was a man, but the person sitting next to me was a black woman. It was my mama. I'm driving my girlfriend's car. They pulled me over because of the passenger sitting next to me might be the owner of the car who got a warrant. What? What? You following me for no reason. I didn't do nothing illegal. What? So how did, what? Yeah, I was driving while I was a black man. Wow. That was the first experience I had like that. So, let me ask you this. Um, Prior to your transition, did you consider all of this shit? Like, I (laughs) could be gunned down. (laughs) Or, a better question I should ask is, prior to your transition, um, when you presented as, you know, masculine, Mm -hmm. did you ever have any encounters like that? Um, so presenting as a masculine female, you still have the privilege of being a woman. Okay. Like, and that's a very interesting. That's a very interesting dynamic as it is mm-hmm. right there, because you got the privilege of being a woman when they want to give you the privilege. But then when again, when you in a confrontation with a nigga, he gonna say, "I'm gonna treat you like the nigga that you acting like." Right. Mm-hmm. So when huh? it's convenient for you. <laughs> right. Yeah. When it's convenient for you to find me attractive as a woman, but I still present as a tomboy. That's like, okay, Kodak's like, like disrespectful ass. Hey, me, hey, me. First of all, don't come for my wife like that. <laughs> Secondly, Jill, so you disrespectful. Can't you tell that I want her to beat him up so bad. I really want her to beat his ass. I want her to, like, shoot him. And I really don't want a lot of people to get shot. But, you, but he is saying, one of those people no, like, that kind of needs to he be. He kind of needs to, like, like, in a kneecap or something. Right. Like, dude needs to be taught how to act. Because, like, it's on the chain. Just because she's a female don't mean she's overseas. Right. So you know what I'm saying? We deal with all that stuff, but I think in in our community though, um, in our community, I know for sure. And not only that, like when you talk about that I choose that or that I think about that before I transition, like what you gotta also understand is that in Milwaukee, one in three MSM mm-hmm. have AIDS or HIV. Mm-hmm. I mean when I'm sitting here with my boys, three of us, one of us has it. And if one of us don't have it, when we sit here with six of us, two of them got it. Wow. Got it as in bad news, AIDS, HIV, like positive. Mm. And I don't want to say that like it's a death sentence nowadays, but sometimes, like we know it ain't a death sentence. So sometimes, sometimes people get lax with it. Right. They feel like they ain't got to, because they know they can take a pill every day, but and they catch it so So what? here's the thing. People don't yeah. talk. So PrEP is a thing. Yeah. Um, prep, so PrEP amen. is... Um, a medicine that you can take if you are someone who is identified and as engaging in quote unquote risky sex. Yes. Um, What's risky sex? Sex work. Basically, sex work or, like, or okay. same sex, um, mm-hmm. same gender loving is what they what they call it. Right. Um, Wait, can I say something about that? In the prep booklet, 
there are no transgender men. As if transgender men don't have sex with other men. They have trans women. They have cisgender men. Well, Gilead is no longer making a of medicine. <laughs> okay. So, so whoever is making the medication right these days needs that. Like, 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 <laughs> can I get the representation up in this mouth? As if we don't exist. As mm-hmm. if, so when you think about that, if we can't get represented, are they even counting us? Wow. And the thing is, they don't. So when I but do I, we even speak up? Right. We have to speak up and say we're having sex with other men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of men. There is that. A lot of men ain't gonna say that. Mm-hmm. Right. A lot of men. Just some men, that. not even uh, transgender men. So a lot of men in general don't feel comfortable enough right. to share that, which puts our women and, and everybody else and, in and, danger. And, right. Shit. And we, no, uh, yeah. when I worked at the Gender and Sexuality Studies uh, Center at Marquette, we had a, um, a trans conference. And that was a big topic of conversation of the identity and statistics and how statistics or numbers do or don't match those identities because as far as the numbers are concerned, trans men and gay men are the same group. It's all referred to as MSM. But this is, a, this, and this is the scary part for me specifically when we talk about these abortion deals or the lab. Transgender men can carry, what, can carry children too. Transgender men you know what I'm saying? Still have the ability to to conceive. Yeah. So with that, so being, damn it, if I don't want to be pregnant, <laughs> folks, yes, I I, not, I couldn't like, even bring transgender myself. Transgender men not even can, included in that conversation right now. At all. At all. I think the task force is doing a conversation with trans men about um, pregnancy bills and. Um, it's like we gotta speak up and fact. say that we are included in mm-hmm. that group. And ain't nothing wrong with it. You know, you are who you are. You like what you like. There's nothing wrong with it. Just speak yeah. up so we can get the things that we need yeah. in our community. Yeah. Which is going to help because, once again, we are the gatekeepers. Right. So when we are real with the women that we involve ourselves with, mm-hmm. just everybody, you know what I'm saying? Just everybody around us. It's a whole, you know what I mean? It's a whole, right. like, yeah. you got to be real with everybody in the situation for the betterment and the good of everybody in the right. situation. Right. It's a domino effect. It is, for sure. And when people effect. are asking, you know, why it matters that Trump took sexual identity or gender identity um, as far as being trans versus cisgender or sexual identity across the board pretty much off of the senses, people are, you know, not understanding why. The reason it matters is not necessarily because, oh, yeah, I need to identify with the government as a queer person. Couldn't care less what they say. Hello. But what it means is Bills can be passed, money can be allocated, resources can exist. That means my people can have safety. <laughs> we can have resources. We can get shit. We can do shit. We yes. exist. We exist. There's an affirmation here. from the government, <laughs> from your country, that you exist and you're worthy of resources and help. Wow. Wait, but listen to that though. Like, if the senses don't count us, like, think about that when I talked about looking into the mirror and not really seeing myself. So on that level, it's like, damn, I don't see myself in the mirror. I don't count physically don't as count a person. No. <laughs> I don't count to know, like, really? Like, and this that's why suicide organization has nothing for me because because I don't count, there's no grants that they can apply for, so they don't have anything. Mm. Mm. It's a whole long I mean, process. You think about that, you got to go into healthcare and right. advocating for healthcare, and if they don't know we exist, then mm-hmm. it's like, you know what, like, what if you got a trans man who's trying to conceive with their partner? Mm-hmm. They don't know you exist. They don't know that you can get pregnant while you're taking testosterone. Just like a cisgender yeah. woman can get pregnant while she's on depo or whatever contraceptive, mm-hmm. you can too, bruh. <laughs> and the yep. doctors is telling you you can't because but they haven't can. studied enough people like you to so know that ain't right. Yeah. Just because you haven't met enough people like me because we can't speak up 
which is our problem. We gotta we gotta fix that, bros. Brothers, we gotta fix that. But look how but that, that also kind of comes plays into passing mm. and that privilege or safety, depending on how you look at it. But sh- I mean, but shit, like when you see the amount of trans women getting killed out here, it's like I, I'm not sure that I would want anybody to know my business. Just off the strength that I've done, you, you don't, don't want to know. Yeah, I don't want to be fired. Like, I don't want to um, get kicked out. Like I um I set up a doctor's appointment at the um so it was a pride so it's a pride what they call pride clinics. Okay. These are clinics that specialize in things. So first off, a pride clinic, I hate to say it, not trying to think, specialize in um infectious disease HIV. So when they say pride clinic, rainbow clinic, they're really meaning HIV, mm-hmm. not pride. HIV. But like, what if Which, you don't have HIV? Then thank what? you. Right. So then that's the secondary services they offer. So like transgender people, you know, saying people with high risk, you know, what I'm saying mm-hmm. uh, high risk sex. So I I set up an appointment with this office who is supposed to specialize in people like me. I give them my legal name now, which has been changed from my given name at birth, and they send correspondence to my home in my given name, and I flip shit on them for. Them. Period. Not because, and the reason why I flip shit is because it could be somebody like me who they maybe, you know what I'm saying? It's not right. You know, I don't care. You know what I'm saying? It's, that's all another conversation about discretion and, you know what I'm saying? Telling people, yeah. you know what I mean? Whatever. That's who, that's they, you know, me personally, thank God my family knows. Because if they didn't, if my wife didn't know or whatever, you know, they just sent this stuff to my house and this other name and just like that could have been a really, Dangerous situation. Dangerous yeah. situation. I could have kicked out my house. You know what I'm saying? My wife, like, like, what if somebody felt like I don't know who you are? You lied to me and want to hurt me physically because of that. Yeah. yeah. Like because of that, because they felt like there's something about you you didn't tell me. Hmm. And what if I'm like just like, and that goes into discretion. And you know, as we as trans people or whatever, you know, what I'm saying, gotta have our own responsibility and you know, be real. But, you know, in, in the event that you don't feel like you can be real with somebody, like, you don't need the doctor's office outing you. You don't need no fucking body outing you. I Amen. feel like this. Because <laughs> I work in a bank. And on our questions, on our, for um, HIMDA, we have to ask, do you identify as male, female, both male and female, or mm-hmm. choose not to reply? I have had multiple clients who tells me how they identify and their name is different than what one would think that they identify as. Or when they come in to change their name, but don't want to change their, how they identify, it's an issue. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or it's a, it's, it's a, it's a murmur yeah. going around the office. Yeah. And it's just like, that's not your responsibility or your business, or your business. to decide for someone. That's right. Hire me so we can have those conversations. Girl, you all that shit. Be a lot to hire me because they got it fucked up. Yeah, yeah. They all. It's 2019. Like when I realized that Facebook, you know, saying well, first time I realized was Facebook. It's like, hey, male or female, and then like the next week it was like male, female, or choose this whole list of things. Yeah, Facebook got hella inclusive. Or you can put custom. Like, damn, I and you can put your pronouns on there now too. Right, you can change your pronouns. So then I realized that my mom, she's MA. HIPAA, they're changing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Given name, what is the name on your ID? What do you prefer to be called? Yep. How do you, you know, da, da, da. they're asking the right questions. Like cool. we starting the right Good. conversations. Yep. Like I'm realizing people saying stuff like my truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
and I'd be like, ooh, that's a transgender thing. Yeah. Like, ooh, now you yeah. can live your truth as what? Yeah. Huh? Huh? Yeah. What? Rachel yeah. Dawson, bitch, you black. Okay. <laughs> you feel black poop. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to let you know. Okay, I feel you, though. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, like with the gay, you know what I'm saying? It's just like with transgender people coming out, it's just like, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's feeding the community. You know, everybody is. Mm. The trans experience is for everybody. You don't mm-hmm. have to be transgender to benefit from the trans experience. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because when black trans women are free, we gonna all be free. Amen. I, like, what? I just, I just hope <laughs> that we live to see the day. Girl, I hope we live to see the day for a whole lot of shit. But um, as it pertains to the black community, I live to. I hope that we live to see the day where we can just unite, mm-hmm. because that's gonna change the trajectory of the entire world mm-hmm. when we decide. Ain't no more division, and it's so much division in black people. It's so much, so many layers, and what's acceptable, mm-hmm. and what's acceptable in being a black person. And you know, it's like, am I black? Am I black enough? Am I a black woman or am I a black man? Am I a first black woman or a first black man? You know, it's so mm-hmm. many. It's so much unwrapping to be done. And as society progresses and transforms and changes, it's like we, um, mentality-wise, are slowly. Very, very slowly mm-hmm. going along, but it's just not happening fast enough for me. And maybe it's so, just me. Like, it's, <laughs> no, it's not, not happening not, fast. It's enough. not. It's for sure not just you. But so, ironically, I teach a uh, a workshop on Black sexual politics. Okay. And so, it, yeah, my friend up is sex up. Like, I'm, I'm really, really feeling you right now. <laughs> Marquette, okay, we're gonna powwow after this. Okay, for sure, for sure. <laughs> but there's a workshop that I do called Black, Sex- Black Sexual Politics, and in that, we do some unpacking around what it's like to experience sexuality as a black person mm. because that's totally different to experience sexuality in any other uh, community of people. Okay, there is literally an entire book written by a white man mm. I have sex with men, but I'm not gay. I don't really believe something to that. Something to that effect. But that's literally the the title of the book. But that don't work in our community. That's not how we think. No, our people don't think like that. You got on pink and you gay. Right. You have to have sex with another man to be gay. You got on pink, the nigga gay. Right. You know, so you said. But I remember you said back in the day, both in the ear spirits, that shit gay. Oh hell, yeah. it's the wrong oh, ear spirits. That yeah, shit gay. I was gonna say the like, wrong you know, side. Yeah, yeah. black oh, sexual politics is win. totally different than every other community of people. So we don't get to experiment and explore and experience the same way, you know, white white dudes in college get to do whatever they want, and when they're grown, that's still his best man. Right. They still yeah. best friends. Yeah, let me say it, baby. That's real um, right there. That's real. Black sexuality in in general and and just with black men and how defensive they feel about their sexuality and how, um, like you said, it's such a narrow view. So Mm -hmm. I I was dealing with this guy and he sent me and we were... Very explorative. He was one of the first people I was able to let him <laughs> let him uh, dabble into. I turned him out on some BDSM type shit. Okay. And um, he opened up that he wanted me to peg him. Okay. And he could not bring himself to say it. No, I was gonna be. So I was gonna say he actually he said not those bring words, his, no. or he just gave you he the idea not, that that's what I'm looking for. He sent me a video. He sent me a video on what he wanted. Yeah, so he sent yeah. me a porn hubby. Yeah, he ain't gonna say that. And I was like. And see, so so I'm done. And he was, and he sent me the video, and I was like, "You need to tell me what you want." Oh snap! <laughs> yeah, 
Could he? Because if you can say it, it's what's up. But if you can't say it, I'm not doing it. Because why the fuck should I do something to you that you can't even ask for? And he could not bring himself to say it. He could not say it. And when we got face to face with one another, um, it was weird is men are very much more comfortable telling you things via text than actually saying it to mm-hmm. you in person. Yes. Which is yes. weird to me because it was yes. like, if I was a weak ass bitch, I could screenshot I could this whole shit. shit. Yeah, it's right. like, the long as long as we like this, we don't yeah, care. Yeah, they don't right. care. Right. But you like, you can't prove it was me. Exactly. Just saying, but we all see my face, but that you don't know that was me though. That's right. right. That ain't my number no more. All type of stuff. Right. When we face to face, I asked him and I said, what is your issue with coming out and just asking for what you, because we had done some explorative shit already. Yeah. That if you that concerned about what right. your sexuality is, you are already you already off <laughs> you already out of there, bro. <laughs> you have already let me cross the line, right. okay? Exactly. So yeah. and he just couldn't say it, and I was like, so what? What is it with you? Like, why can't you exactly like tell me what it is you want? Like, I'm a woman. I had to reassure him, like. You done seen all it is. So this is a woman and this is a man in a Having, experience. In a sexual so experience. this is a heterosexual experience no matter what y'all do. Thank you. And he could not get past that. He was like, I, I just feel mean. gay. I just feel, I just, and he couldn't even say gay. He right. didn't even say that. He was like, I just feel, I can't, I, it, I'm like, mm, what? <laughs> what do you feel like? Tap him on the back. Right. Put it out. Yeah. Like, put it that shit out. Like, <laughs> and and that, just, that just perplexed me because it's like, who put these boundaries on us? Who put these walls up in front of our sexuality? And it's not where, even just that. It, it, it extends even into um, relationship dynamics as well or like who is included in, in this relationship. So like for me, I, like I said, I don't identify as monogamous. Mm-hmm. So explain to, explain to the people what that means. Um, so so she got bitches. You know I'm <laughs> Holly. So I identify as polyamorous, which means, uh, literally means the love of many. Um, which it just means that I have multiple partners. Okay. Um, How do you disperse that love? I feel like I ain't got enough. <laughs> like somebody's gonna come in up short. Okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I've, I've always been such a like compartmentalized type of person. Okay. I'm like, I do this with these people. Mm-hmm. I go here with these people. Yep. I yep, yep, do this yep. with this person. Yep. You know, whatever that my relationship life kind of extends that same way. Okay. And because I'm also, so polyamory can look very different for each couple. So that's another part of, you know, sexual politics. Okay. Polyamory looks very different for every single relationship. For me, my polyamory looks like I will date a couple. Okay. I will date, you know, know a woman and then we can find ourselves a boyfriend. Shit, if somebody got a man and they want to invite me. (laughs) I got some money. Right. Take care of these. Right. (laughs) Or like I will date a man and we can find a girlfriend or you know whatever. Like real life, my goal, like, you know, the only way I see myself being like, here is the goal of my life. Here is where I'm for real happy is if I have both a husband and a wife. In America, not quite legal yet. We gotta work that part out. But I need both a husband and a wife. We got a whole little compound situation. We raise our kids together, all that. So do you need the husband and the wife to like want to be with each other too? Yeah. Okay. Question, are you talking about, so so do you subscribe to traditional gender roles? I don't subscribe to traditional no. gender roles. Ooh, okay. So I'm t- completely okay with, if it just so happens that, you know, by this point, I'm the one who has the PhD, I'm teaching, mm-hmm. I have several businesses, I'm making the most money, it makes the most sense for you to stay at home with the kids. Yeah, because bitches ain't Or, you know, she and I, just she's a banker and I'm a professor, or, you know, whatever, we make the most money, you stay at home with the kids. Mm -hmm. Gender roles don't mean all that much to me. Like, 
And for that reason, I will often like I will go on a first date with a guy and pay for that shit. Yeah. Because if you act, have a visceral reaction to that, you can't date me. Yeah. That's right there, yeah. Right? You are not. You're not you gonna can't take that. If you can't date this, this, this fam ain't gonna work. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I don't subscribe to traditional gender roles. So that can look, you know, many different ways, just depending upon where I am in my life at that moment when that, you know, just happens to. Or maybe in that time of my life, I'm completely self-employed, which, you know, is ideal. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, at that time of my life, I'm completely self-employed. I can work from home. So I'm going to stay home with the kids and you can go out and work. Um, or, you know, the both of you, if y'all both want to go work or she and I both stay at home and work from home and you go work, you know, whatever that is. However, that tends to look, I'm OK with that. I'm So let's talk fluid. about polysex because I got some questions. What happens when your wife wants you to herself? And your husband wants you to himself, or you know, for the day or night, mm-hmm. and it's just ain't enough pussy to go around. Like, what do you do? Because it's one. You have to. I have found that having schedules that are flexible, schedules okay. that are flexible to how you feel at the moment, how that person feels, what they need, what you need. Because that can change. That can change depending on the season. That can change depending upon the projects that I'm working on. That can change depending on, you know, where you're working at the time or, you know, all of those things. It just changes because life changes. So it could be that at one point in my in, in my life, I had a couple summers ago, I had a boyfriend, a girl that I was dating, and then um, someone else that I was dealing with. Goddamn. But you got a lot of memories. But it just, it just worked. <laughs> it just worked. Yeah, it just worked, and they all knew about each other. Everybody yeah. was okay. Everybody was cool. Like I find that to be a very millennial thing. Though. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like that old player. You know what I'm saying? Don't know what the left hand is doing with the right hand. Like that's very old school. Yeah, not because I experienced a polyamorous relationship. Um, me and my ex girlfriend had a girlfriend as well. Wow. Right before our transition, mm. and I think that may have had an effect on my transition because of the sexual experience we had when I was getting penetrated. And I felt very emasculated. Mm. And I felt very much like, I don't want to say I was raped, but I felt like I was not fully participating in this <laughs> sexual experience here. Right. Okay? Like everybody else is enjoying this, but Alex is not. Right. I'm not and like that's this another part of like, sexual politics. And I didn't like boundaries the feminine are woman looked at. Yeah, I didn't like the way the feminine woman looked at me, and I felt very much less. How did she look at you? She looked at me as if I was. And I hate to say it like this um, because I understand now that this is a male view of things, mm. but like less than, mm. you know what I mean? And I hate to say that because she looked at me like a woman and to equate woman with less than doesn't feel right to me. Mm. Yeah. But um, a lot of women do not like to see their men be thin. Yeah. Mm. Like back to the pegging thing. Yeah. Mm. Well, women can't deal with that. Mm. You, you know, know what? I mean? I, 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 I'm guilty because when he told yeah. me that, it turned me on to want to do it. Like the thought of but it, but him being a man made me no, no, yeah. But the fact that he asked like, me for it made me know that we can never be together. And I don't, and, I mean, I don't mean no harm by that. Right, but it's that's, that's your just truth. Not, right? That's your truth. That's, right. And then you gotta say that. Like, don't be afraid to say that. If it hurt a nigga feelings, oh well, bruh. Right. Be glad she told you now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then to get in this relationship with her and to realize that the things that you like that she is doing for you because she's gonna do them because she loves you. Yeah, I got, mm-hmm. I'm down. It's not what she's into. Y'all yeah. connection not there. Yeah. So eventually, this is going to fizzle out. Yep. How fast is it gonna fizzle out? And how bad is the question? Mm-hmm. But y'all, y'all not connected as one. Right. Not one. Mm-hmm. At all. You never will be on that note. Mm-hmm. I've learned, unfortunately, from experience. 
So I have a question as it pertains to polysex. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, and, and, and maybe I should ask first, do you feel like sex is a spiritual exchange? I feel like it can be. I don't think it always is. So you feel like you can remove spiritual exchange from, from sex? I think so, yeah. Okay. So for you, in a poly, like in a poly relationship, is it important for you to feel a spiritual connection with whoever you're with in order for you to be able to have sex with multiple people? No. It just no. depends on what the end goal is with that person. So like if I'm talking to you and I'm just talking to you because I just think you're fine and we're just having a sexual encounter, exchange that's orgasms, one thing. Right. You know? We just exchange <laughs> orgasms, doing each other a favor. Yeah. That's one thing. <laughs> but if we're actually going to be together, yes, I do need to have that entire complete attraction to you i need to be if we're really gonna be together i need to first be attracted to you mentally and intellectually which is why i identify as a sapiosexual yeah so if if we're gonna be together i first have to be mentally and intellectually attracted to you then i'm also physically attracted to you Mm. and you're a dope human so now we'll have sex and we can pursue a consistent relationship or, you know, whatever, whatever. But if in this case, I'm like, no, we just have sex. Like, I see her once a week on Tuesdays or, you know, whatever, <laughs> yeah. Hello. you know, whatever yeah. the agreement is. And we get it in. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that don't necessarily matter to me. And it can be the same even with a couple of like, oh, uh, no, nah, they just cool. Like, when we, when we want to have fun or when they want to have fun, we, you know, we get drunk, we smoke, we all collectively have Do you sex. charge these people? I feel like I just feel like listen, charge it to the game. Uh, no. Let me tell you something. Maybe Ooh. I got a little hell with me. Listen, I don't, and I don't, and but I am not opposed to it, and do not think I have not thought. Question. <laughs> Back to that fetishized thing mm-hmm. in these experiences, where it's the poly experience. Do you do you ever feel fetishized by the couple? Mm. You know what I mean? I or do you fetishize them? I mean, it could be the other way around. You know? <laughs> right. We got power too. You know what right, I mean? Right, so right. Can you fetishize like what? Do you um, ever experience anything like that? Really? I have yeah. dated, or I won't say dated. I have dealt with um, couples before um, where it was really just of like I really like him, and I think she's fine. Yeah, so she this is really more is. of a like interesting, and this is um, this is like I'm turned on by her, but I actually am attracted to him. So there, you know, there can be levels to it of like how you interact with each person within the relationship or within the triangle or, you know, however it is. Um, I, I have had, I don't think I've ever had any encounters where I felt like I was being, I take that back. I did one time where I felt like it was kind of a fetishization kind of thing of like, oh, we just want to do this this, this time. Like, we just kind of want to try it. Like, yeah. And I, I mean, not your weekend hobby. Hello. Nope. <laughs> okay, so, so do you want someone to tell you that up front? Like, we're not looking for a girlfriend. We're not really looking to date you. We just want to have sex with someone else. Like, we just want to bring someone else in. Are you down for that? Yes, if I'm not being deceived. <laughs> Okay. And if I'm also at that space in my life. Yeah. But give me the choice to decide if this is where I am right now in my life, if this is what I want. If I'm attracted to y'all in that way. Don't just be like, oh yeah, you know, we want a girlfriend and that's not what you want. Yeah. Yeah, you just want some 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 different. Right, right. Mm. Oh, we have covered a lot today. We have covered so much today. I feel like we could go for another <laughs> hour. That hour. That's an hour and 30 yeah. minutes. That's an hour and 30. Yes, that's not enough time. No, 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 no. We'll definitely have to do a part two of the conversation, but I am so grateful for the both of you. I learned so much today. 
Thank you, thank you, thank you so so thank much. You. Let's um how can the people find you, Alex, on social media? Yeah, so you can find me at the Alex Report um on Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, all of that good stuff. Um and if you'd like to send me a message, obviously the Alex Report, Facebook Messenger is the best way to get at me. Awesome. Let's talk about some of the projects that you have going on right now. Sure. So um the biggest thing right now, obviously, um, I've got a magazine, Lay Girl magazine. Um, we're, doing, we're doing a collector's edition that'll be coming out August 1st, mm. and then we'll be hosting a um, launch party for my birthday as well, August 10th at Candy Lounge, which is Milwaukee's premier and only pretty much, you know, black LGBT um, club or bar on the north side. So if you all are, you know, out there and you can't come out, please come out and celebrate with us. Um, this is going to be the, the second volume of our magazine. Mm. So it's a reboot from the 2014 version that everybody knows and loves, but um, yeah, August 10th. We'd love to see you out there at Candy Lounge. Awesome, awesome. Brie, where can the people find you? Um, on Facebook, Brianna J. Hawkins. On um, Instagram and Snapchat, it is Brianna Janae, I want to say. Uh, okay. My website is also Brianna Janae. Okay, and let's talk about some of the things that you have going on right now, because I know you're hosting quite a few Pride events. Where can the people come kick it? Um, so... There will be a day party at Skybox Sports Bar, um, which is being hosted by Michael J. and Drea. Awesome. Um, so it's being co-hosted and then DJ by DJ Dripset. Okay. Um, and Sunday is Trap Yoga at Embody Yoga Studio, um, taught by Joanna Brooks. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you so much. And I'll be sure to tag all of your links and all of the events and the websites and all of the info box um, and show notes so the people can find you and come kick it with you all uh, and support. Please support these businesses. Please support the LGBT community. As we learned today, it is essential that especially the black community opens up the gates for acceptance and love. Um, and healing for, for, for trans people and for LGBT community, period, because they are us. And as a black person, if you are discriminated against anybody, you out of fucking order because we all know what that feels like. And we all are already, quote unquote, the lowest of the low. You know what I'm saying? So to come out and be proud of who you are and proud of who you love, all while knowing people are getting killed for those very reasons, um, is a courageous act. I just act that not many people have uh, the strength to do. So, again, we are wanting to raise awareness for peace, for love, and for acceptance. And over and out. Yeah.